What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua, and welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and Chad Lewin. This is going to be an awesome broadcast. I am so excited to have him on. We just connected the other day, but we have a very similar mission with what we want to do in media, what we want to do in entertainment, and really what we want to do for the world as a service. I cannot wait for you all to hear this. I am just, again, really excited. Super, a super accomplished guy. I want to read you a little bit about his mission, and I typically don't read bios, but I want to give you some context here before we get started. His mission, protecting the sanctity of music. My mission on earth this time around is to protect the vulnerable and lead an effort to heal the mainstream, specifically the music industry. The majority of music being fed to our youth is not only tasteless, it's toxic. Media, all entertainment is being used to desensitize and keep us complacent. Every song I compose, lyric I write, and note I sing is with the intention of awakening both the individual listener and the collective mainstream to bring awareness of how music affects us on a subconscious level. This is awesome. I'm giddy. I had the opportunity several years ago to introduce speech from Arrested Development, or got to interview him. And his documentary, In Factory, is powerful. If you want to understand how the music industry works, watch that documentary. But I have a feeling our guest here today has got his own lesson to teach all of us. He's worked some, with some of the most amazing artists you've ever heard of. I'll let him talk about that. But anyway, without going too much into it, the, the Chad's just awesome. So I'm excited for you all to be here. But I also want to mention one thing. I'm really excited to announce this because this is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly, not just media company in a box, but if you go to joshuatberglund.com and I'm congested, so let me spell my last name, B-E-R-G-L-A-N, Joshua T, as in Tyler, berglund.com. Go there. And one of the very first things you'll see on the website after you get past my bio, I believe it is, buy one, get one. Buy one, get one is a new program with every service that I offer on my website. There's a chance to buy one and give one. And you get to decide who gets that one. Now that's media company in a box. You can get media company in a box team which is awesome. And again, I'm all about the independent solo media company in a box. But for those of you who want to build teams, I got media company in a box team. And that is also buy one, give one. Media consulting, buy one, give one. Memberships to my content because, well, we're behind a paywall because it's not free anymore. Buy one, give one. Everything's buy one, give one. And the benefactor of this is the Live Model Worldwide Foundation my wife and I's nonprofit media company. Now, why does this matter? Because look, the services that we offer are, they're not cheap. However, they matter and it's needed. And so from now on, like I, I've never been somebody that loves sales or anything. I'm here to provide a service. I'm here to help other people. I'm here to try to impact lives in all the ways that I'm able. And one of those is through media. There's a lot of people out there that have the money to pay for these services. So to make it even better, 
you can pay for it, but then you also get the opportunity to gift someone else because there's a lot of people out there right now that don't have the money for an education to go to college. Oh, they'll go get a student loan. Yeah, that's a good investment. Just look, there are people out there that are coming out of prison. There are people that have been in prison. There are people that can't get a job because of their past, their record, like me. I can't get a regular job. And all the bad stuff I did was seven years ago. I'm retired from that life. And it's not like I can go get a regular job, but thank God for media and thank God for what I get to teach because it's allowed me to live the life of my dreams. So I don't want to leave anyone behind. And there's a lot of people out there that can't afford me, but there's a lot of you that can. And that's to make you all feel better. We have the buy one, get one program. And I would love for you to engage in it. And you get to choose who the benefactor of that is. So again, go to joshuatberglund.com. And you can check all that out. Thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being a part of this amazing journey. And more importantly, thank you for being a part of this broadcast because I'm telling you, Chad's awesome. This is going to be fantastic. Welcome him to the broadcast, please. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a conversation. Yeah, we got wow. it. Wow. If you can only see what happened before all this, <laughs> my hesitation of saying. <laughs> I even told him I was going to call him Matt. I'm not editing this out either. Welcome to the broadcast, my friend. And here's the thing. Don't take it. Please don't take any disrespect to me screwing up your name because I am a huge fan already. I've been listening to your music. I've been reading what you're all about. I've actually done more, more looking into you than I do most guests because typically the way I like to do interviews is different. But my goodness, man, not only do we have a very similar mission, I admire the talent that you are, the music, the heart that you put into your lyrics, and just the stand that you're making. You're making very bold moves and statements and a bold mission that's super important because, let's face it, we're all influenced by media and the music industry and the world of entertainment. So your mission, man, it just speaks to my heart. So I am honored to have you here. But before we get into all that, what are you grateful for today and why? Very specifically, I'm uh, for the technology that we have to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Specifically, this Pivo sitting in front of me that gives me amazing content like that. The, the, to be able to do what this $100 machine does cost thousands of dollars five years ago. It may seem petty or superficial to people that don't work in the industry. I'm grateful for a little toy. But what it produces <laughs> is immense. So today, right now, that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for that too, because I think about, for, as an artist, you never want to copy someone else's work. Of course, stealing is flattery, but really, I believe a true artist wants to create the way the spirit leads them to create. And so with so many new talk shows and podcast hosts and other things like that, a lot of the content that's created all looks the same. And you get the talking head. So like the camera that you're speaking of, I've got my own version of a camera. And like just this simple thing, being able to walk around while I broadcast, right? That allows me to diversify and try new things and create new things. And of course, when I move, my green screen doesn't always work. <laughs> That's part of it, man. It's that like is part, part of, of it. Process. And yeah, so I get you. Without technology, I would not be able to have stepped into the world of media the way that I have and start doing what I'm doing. So I'm grateful for it as well. And it's, hasn't, let me ask you this, hasn't technology also been like an amazing equalizer 
for just like for Hollywood, the world of entertainment, like the people mm. that are established and they've got the, they can go get signed and all of that stuff. But for independent, free thinking people, technology yes. is leveled the playing field. Saying it like that is, is make click, makes a click. Yes. It has leveled the playing field for people that don't want to sell out. And the word and sell out is a broad term, right? It's not necessarily a bad word. We all think it's a bad word, but it's the easiest way to get across the point of yes, people that don't want to sell out because money is involved in art. It's it has equal it's an equalizer in a way. I love that, man. So where when did you start your music journey? Because I know look, you have a lot of really amazing cool things going on but at the heart of it all it seems to be music so mm. tell me about your musical journey just this week i uploaded my very first productions as a in, as an independent as a original artist songwriter that was 2010 that they were mostly produced and not released but so that's where it starts really in 2009 when I decided that I would try to do this. I always knew growing up that I had a talent. I always performed, but I, get, I turned 18 and I thought that my time was over. Don't, I, that, that, why I thought that is a whole conversation that I haven't fully ex explored, <laughs> but I thought it was over and I was like, well, I'll just go be whatever. I'll be, I'll go to college. I'll go to, for advertising. I'll just be a person in, in the machine. And I really told myself that and I accepted it. Then fortunately I had a supportive partner during that time, right after high school into college where they were like, you can do this, just do it. And that was when it really started as a professional endeavor. It seems, and you saying that reminds me, it's like, okay, you're 18 now, you graduate high school. Now it's time to go get serious about your life. And like, that is, it almost seems like that trip to college is where your dreams go to die. And that's yep. to be an attorney, a doctor or something like that. But for other people, that's where you go to die. Yep. And I'm glad I didn't go to music school because, or art school. I didn't even have the, a clear concept that those were things. I didn't really know that you could go to an academic college for an art. And I'm glad that I was protected from that idea for whatever reason, the higher being the higher power protected me from that because I would have lost my interest in my, in the only thing that I care about in this life in, in a way. And it happens to kids every day that they go in thinking they're all creative and they are, and then they be, they, we've turned art into a degree that doesn't make sense to me. You know what? I never thought about that either. Yeah, you're right. And I learned this because I hung around NYU and whatever that music little internal like recording music school is called. I don't remember. I don't know the name. I don't remember the name. It's a famous person. But all these kids go in and we've gotten superstars from places like that, places like NYU and their recording arts program. But one percent, one percent make it. The rest of them have to figure out, figure it out. But everyone's promised the dream when they enter, but only one gets it every year. That's like getting into plastic surgery school. That's going into the NFL. It's yes, very similar. But it seems that it's because you only few fit into their system of what they want. It's still a system. Yes, it's still a system. 
and you still set yourself up for some form of slavery, no matter what. Yes, yes. And yet this other path, the true artist path, is disruptive. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's painful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's weird. But yet it's also the most authentic expression of human life there is the life of an artist yes and it's i've it i've only recently started to fully embrace that part of myself which is the part of myself that has always wanted to come out and play and i exercised it a little bit but i've still held firm into these traditions and the, the things that i would, that was taught growing up where you gotta have a job and you gotta do things this way and you gotta do i finally have gotten completely free of all that and really have just immersed myself in art of what my form of art is. And now everyone's got, I believe that everyone's got some artistic ability. It's just how you express it and where you find to put it. But I want to ask you, like how, because what I've noticed now as really opening myself up as an artist, and my wife is the same way, and even our kids are this way. I've, you mentioned higher, higher, not higher self. Power. High power, okay. So for me, and we'll just use higher power for the sake of this conversation, I've noticed that the more in the art I am, the closer I feel to the creator. How, what is that like for you in your art process? Yeah, I believe, ev I believe anything that you create is art. Science is art, math is art. Anything that comes from the human mind that's new is art. That's what I want to expose to the world and because people that are backing up a little bit, zooming out, people that don't believe they're artists don't have an easy way to connect. Oh, wow. If you don't consider yourself an artist, you don't know what that's like. You don't know what you're missing. You're missing something unless you find it somewhere else. But also, if you find a passion, whether that's science in the lab, whether that's math on a chalkboard or writing, whether that's an author on books, if you're in the flow, you're connected to God, you're connected to higher power. <laughs> when you are in the flow of whatever you're doing, if you're playing video games and you really like that, we're not talking about first person shooters, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but if you're playing Tetris or whatever, if you're just, you become into a meditative state, that's the same exact state that artists use to pull down their whatever and then turn it into whatever their art is. So I get that most clearly when I'm always open. I've learned to do, I live, I am living that way. So I'm open to constant downloads. I don't love that word, but it's a way to say it, like in this terms of writing a song. What do you like? What do you like better though? Because I don't like downloads either because it seems to industrialize the stupid yeah. world in a way that makes it seem not real. Yeah, let's take that away. I, it's just, it's inspiration. It's go. inspiration. Inspiration is an unexplained phenomenon in humanity. It's like a spark of inspiration. So that's what it is. That's the being connected. When you're inspired, you're open to the infinite source and knowledge of the universe. That's what you're, whatever you want to find out, you can find out that way. When I'm having a thought, feeling, or emotion that's running around my head and it comes out in words, it's strong enough to come out in words or a melody. That's the art. That's where the art the thought the feeling becomes a physical manifestation that you can turn into art that's consumable by other humans that's good <laughs> wow, that's good man thank you all right i want to get into some of the conspiracy people love these conversations yeah <laughs> not, why, not why i'm it's not why i'm doing it i'm doing it because it's a real it's a real issue 
and the entertainment industry is effed up. It's got, it's had huge influence. I remember when I was growing up, I'm 43 years old. I remember when the Simpsons first came out and I remember my t-shirt that said, eat a shirt, man. And I remember that being offensive or eat my shorts or something like that. Eat my shorts. That was offensive. And then it graduated from that to people that were marching outside of Marilyn Manson concerts for the Antichrist Superstar concert because he was scary and the devil. Wow, how times have changed, like where we've gone. (laughs) It's the industry itself is very different, but the influence that it has on people I don't know how anyone could question it. We it changes the what the clothes we wear, the way we talk, how much boobs we show, whatever. It's just influential in all aspects, and it's by that by design. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. However, if you're consuming toxic crap, guess what's getting programmed into you? That said, not everybody wakes up and says, "This is evil. This is screwed up. This is causing harm." I want to fight against it. And that's what you've decided to do, which is not a popular path in the music industry. So what sparked this mission for you? Lots of thoughts right there. The spark came from at a very, so I always had knew music was more than a record. And I've never said it that way before. I like that. I'm going to snip that one. <laughs> music has existed since the dawn of time. Okay. Records are 50 freaking years old. Let's keep that. Let's put that into perspective. The recorded music is only a child. Music itself is an ancient Yoda aged character. So I've known music is powerful and I have grown from day one, from five years old. I knew I felt it. I allowed it to influence me. I allowed myself to understand that it can influence me. I curated all the music I listened to all the time since I was young. And the, so the spark for doing music was never, was, I was never without. The industry becoming a problem in the, becoming a problem, becoming a thing. I like to point to, and I am like totally developing I'm an enemies on the way, but I've actually finally just, I'm not even going to say who I am going to say who, but. I'm trying to, I, the way I talk to myself, I'm trying to watch how I talk to myself. I don't know who's going to be my enemy because people I'm calling out might be on my side at this point. Okay. And that's what I'm going to say. That's, no, that's another thing that artists themselves are not inherently bad or influential. It's the song. When we're talking about songs, we're not talking about brands. We're talking about the actual music itself. The artist itself is not the influence. It's the song because I can make an angry song. I can make a crap song, but I can also, and, and artists can also, artists on the charts make inspirational songs. The same artist will turn around and make a toxic song. That's what I mean by songs are pop for good, which will, which is my whole movement. Pop for good is about the songs, not the artists. Although some artists can be more than others. So in about in 20, between 2010 and 2013, when mumble rap came around, I knew there was a problem. <laughs> when, f- <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny people laugh people always laugh and i'm like yeah i was laughing back then because i'm I like too but still, yeah I... <laughs> no one says it no one says it but you laughing because you know it too that's when i was like oh shoot can i curse yeah you curse. that's when i was like there's something wrong here and at the same time i was upping my spiritual knowledge i was in a po- toxic positivity state for quite a few years but that was the same time where i 
began with the, the fight. Go ahead. You, okay, you said toxic positivity. <laughs> so there is actually, this is interesting. This ties into religion. Uh-huh. No, there's a, I don't know what this is called. Help me. The reason why I stopped you, because I really, I want to know what this is. But there is this the belief, and they've done some research and studies, like when people get, quote unquote, saved by whatever the religion is, they go through this awakening of sorts that actually makes them toxic. Like it's not real. Like it's this feelings and the the feeling of the, I'm going to save the world now and I'm going to wrong all my rights. Like I forgot what the term is, but it causes something psychologically that causes us to have this grandiose belief of what we're here to do in the world, how we're going to change the world, how we're going to save all these souls and so on. But it takes us so far out of center that we lose sight of reality. Have you heard about this? So, yes, it might. Is it false light? It ties into false. It, yeah, but that's the thing is those same people accuse everybody else of being false light. That's the other part of it. <laughs> I don't know exactly what you're talking right. about when it's when you're talking about organized religion. I don't know that word. All I can think about is false light, but it's a similar thing. It's very yeah, it's very, very similar because what it does is it causes us. It to makes the ego. Exactly. And everything around you is you're a fake God. You're not real. You're not this. You're not as good as I am. Yes. It's you a psychological condition. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. Psychological. It's not narcissism, but it's, and I'm not trying to, I don't think I know exactly what you're talking about, but it is, that is the ego just goes into overdrive and you don't actually do the work. You're explaining it. You're explaining it perfectly. Yeah. Yes. And I've been through that. And I just did it through spirituality and new age. And <laughs> me, too. me too. Yeah. And I came right. back around and to just put a cap on that one, like you, all the work that you do, that you do is <laughs> all the work that you do during that toxic positive or false light state is still good work. Once you strip the ego. Yes. So like anyone listening, keep it in mind. If you're figuring that out, all the work you're doing is good. But that's the explanation of why you might get not be getting where you are and want to go. That's oh, that. Okay, you literally just took the parts that we couldn't figure out. You completed it. That was good. That because that was the other part of that, of what that is. It's we the ego. We got to remove the ego because in, when you remove ego, you're not arguing over scripture. You're not arguing over whether your theology is the right theology or not. Because frankly, you don't have the energy or the time for any of that. Because you realize that none of that stuff's even important. It's not mm. helping anyone. It's not helping anyone heal. You're not really, really showing up the way that you should for people because you're looking at them through a condemning lens. Yeah. Nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Now, next topic, because I don't know where we're going. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, where I were we? We were thought that I interrupted on. Oh yeah, what was that? That was that was about Migos and Quavo and Future saying no, but no, but no, but no. Sorry guys, right. but that's what you were doing. And I'm glad you made your money and feel whatever this, those are the, they might not even care, but I know I'm going to piss some people off, but I've come thankfully in the last year to not caring because what, yeah, not caring. But you've, and you've worked. It's not like you're saying this as somebody that's looking on the outside of the music industry. You've been in the music industry and you've worked with major artists. So it's not like you're sitting around like going, you're saying any of this out of jealousy or spite. You're saying it as you're a true musician and you know how messed up this is. Yeah. I want to say that I've, I have been in circles with major artists. Yes. I have not just to 
be super clear. I haven't been in a room with a major artist, but I have worked with four by a few. I've been around it, and that's is also besides the point. I just don't want to. I want people. Whatever. See, I have this obsession with getting the whole picture right. Forget it. No, yes, I, I've been around major artists in ways. Yes, but more importantly, I've been around the industry enough. I've been in it just because I don't have the streams to show it doesn't mean I haven't accomplished the knowledge that everyone else has. Yeah, because all you have to do is be on set of a video or a commercial, a TV show or a movie, and you can pick up on things pretty quick, especially if you're self-aware, especially yep. the music industry. And 15, it's going to be 15 years this year that I, since, since 2008, that'll be 15 years that I have been in the industry, whether or not. I am successful as an artist is irrelevant. I've been in the industry and it's taken me 10 years to admit that to myself that I am in the industry just because I'm not what they, to a point where I think I need to be, doesn't mean I'm not in it. Yeah, I get, I understand that completely. I do. And I think that the people that are doing things the right way and are leading with that, like letting their intentions known, it, it there's a causes a lot of friction. It closes a lot of doors. It shuts the window of opportunity, at least temporarily, for a lot of people. However, I do believe with a lot of the stuff that's happening in the world, like all that's going to get flipped on its head, and the people that are trying to show up and do things the right way and not pollute the minds of our youth, I believe that they're going to get on the come up. But I want to preface this by saying. The people that say that Christian music is the only way, that's the only good music for your kids to listen to. First of all, never mind. I don't want to make anyone mad yet. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> to today. But that argument's crap because, look, some of the that Christian music stuff is bathed in Satan as much as anything else. It, that's what, It's not all in the up and up. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Christian music is messed up. It's, it's still in the industry. But it's... that doesn't mean that you can't have spirit-filled music, uplifting, raise your vibe music, things that lift you up, that light up your spirit. That can happen in the secular realm as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It can, but everyone's convinced that it got finished, finish. No, that, I did finish. That's the, yeah, yeah. That's another part of, I, for a period of time, even sit, very short period of time, but was like pitching to Christian a little bit. I tried everything. So I, con I considered myself new age. I considered myself spiritual. I considered myself alternative. I considered myself whatever. I tried everything. So one of those things was trying to see if I could get some attention in the Christian world. I didn't try enough and wouldn't probably wouldn't have, but if I, yeah. I learned to DJ a couple summers ago and I like gospel house was my jam. And I figured there's not enough gospel house artists out there. And this is a freaking awesome genre. I love house music. You put uh -huh. some old school gospel on top of it. You're like, yep. Oh, this is a, this is amazing. I love this. That's what I would have done with it. He's got busy doing other things. I want to ask you though about the that. No, I lost the question. But this is staying in the side of Christian. Oh, now you know what it is because you were saying New Age, and then you have the religious names like Christian and Buddhist and atheist and Hindu and all this other stuff. But what is it called when you just go, I know there is a God, there's a creator. I know he dwells inside of me. 
I believe the Christ is inside of me. I believe that, and that's it. Like I don't subscribe, like what some people look at that and say, that's new age. Like, no, because in the Bible, it says that God is inside of me and Christ is inside of me and God is everywhere. So that's not it. But at the same time, I also don't believe the Bible or any of these religious texts have every single word correct. I don't believe it's the complete truth. I believe that man corrupted and polluted a lot of those books. But at the same time, I believe that you can go read those books and get a lot of knowledge and you can learn things that can absolutely change your life. But ultimately, the only truth that any of us really can know is the truth that comes from inside of us. What religion is that? Yeah, I don't know. Because that's my religion now. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. And I've been known as an evangelist because I was speaking at doing the Saturday night services at a church. And when I got caught up in all that, because ultimately that's, it was, that's how my life turned around was through mm. crying out to God and surrendering my life to God. Christian God, Christian God. The Christian yeah. God. And I literally, because that's what I knew, that's where I went to. But the more that I've learned about the history of the Bible and how it was put together, and I started seeing, let's talk about this, the word homosexual wasn't put in the Bible until a hundred years ago. The word was not invented until 150 years ago. Yet we have people burning, setting people on fire, killing people, protesting, marching, spewing hate, causing problems, get people getting kicked out of their homes. People, let, let's talk about the actual people that are gay or bisexual. Ah, we have the shame of fa family, friends, people that we love. We have society looking at us. And that none of that is bringing me closer to God. If anything, mm. me want to run from that. None of this is good. So we've had religion weaponized against people. And it's ugly. It's so awful. I'm like, and listen, I still love so much of what I learned from my faith and from the Bible. But I also recognize that it's also being used to hurt a lot of people. There's a bunch of contradictions. And it's just... <laughs> And it's just gross. And like for people to say there's no contradictions, you haven't read the Bible. <laughs> there's 50,000 contradictions in the Bible. There's 101 that are really easy to digest too. But if there was only two contradictions, yep. that's Di a problem. There's 50,000 <laughs> 50, on top of that, if it's the word of God, and why do they keep changing it? If the God word of God doesn't change, then why are we changing it? So I'm not trying to bash yeah. or bash people's beliefs. I'm just grateful to be outside of that because the world looks a lot much different from up here than it does fighting over scripture and fighting over my God's yours is wrong and all that other stuff. It's exhausting. I don't know what the point of that was. I just wanted to bring it up. I think it's important to be brought up. What I've discovered is that all the organized, all the, those top three religions are the Abrahamic religions, right? Yeah. So they all share one thing that it all came from Abraham, right? And I am heavily influenced and most of my like most of my like lifestyle mindset is from the law of attraction, the secret, Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks. Also, I was in a cult, which like I learned a lot, but it was still ended up being a cult. So I've got a, a substantial foundation on what these religions all get their information from which is just source energy jesus existed i believe that I did too. but they all but so did muhammad and so did moses and whatever like Buddha. they are all the same receiving the exact same download <laughs> they're receiving the same thing and we just didn't have 
because I'm just figuring this out now, because we didn't have, we had men, man, humans growing up all around the world without knowing each other. And whatever reason, by the time they knew each other, they were already in a state of lack where they needed to keep their boundaries. But it's all the same. Oh, and law, Abraham Hicks, Law of Attraction, they say that they are the same entity, the same energy, the same God energy, the same wisdom that the three Abrahamic religions got their information from. So it all comes from the same place. It's just, like you said, been boxed differently. Yeah. And the internet has changed that the internet has changed everything but that's a huge one why religion is going away because we can just we have more information yeah and it's i'm reading a book right now and it's it's basically jesus and buddha and it's a it's the con the message of the book is all intertwined together and i'm getting to read this and i'm thinking these are so similar it's it's too sides of the story from different perspectives all saying the same thing all leading to the same place that the kingdom of heaven is inside of us yes and you follow these principles and you live this way and this is how you experience heaven on earth yes every religion does it every major religion does this and i'm sure satanism has a version of it too and then you start researching about what is it sexual transmutation which sounds like mutated sex but it's not. It's like there's a whole it's a whole metaphysical process. But like when I'm learning about this, no wonder I don't want to waste my seed. And no wonder I don't want to just go. I was a I was a 20 year chem sex addict. So like I've always put in my seed and never mind. I'm not gonna go too much. I get it. Yeah, but I'm doing all the bad stuff, exchanging energy with people that have no business changing energy with, exchanging it with me either, for the record. Like it was all bad and all toxic. So yep. like it's Help me reframe my body as a temple. Uh, now that I fully recognize that I've got God in here, the way I speak to you, yes. and the way that I talk to you, the way that I give you my attention or not, is a reflection of how I, like, that's the God that lives in me. Like, I have to remember that. And so that change and shift has helped me take care and be more conscious about what I'm eating, what I'm taking into my yes. body. Because that matters too, man. I don't, I'm not a woo-woo weirdo at all. I'm actually, no, I take that back. I am very much a weirdo, but I'm not real. But that said, I started to go, if I'm going to be aware of what I'm putting on my body and I don't know exactly what's in that meat, maybe I shouldn't eat that. Uh Maybe if that animal was freaking, Uh if we're all energy, I don't think I need to be putting that dead cow in me. It's your face. I've started to really just be aware of things that I was not aware of before. And I used to think that I was a aware guy, but it's changed. Like even I've been eating vegetarian for only a week and a half. Right. So I'm not like pat me on the back. Hey, I'm a hero. I'm a champion. I'm not, I don't need any of that, but I got to tell you, it's been very changed. It's been a very How do you feel? opening thing. Heart opening, heart opening, compassion. Yes. My energy, and I'm not talking about physical energy because I've been a mess the last week. I threw a rib out of place, but energetically, my thoughts, my my mind yes. is more clear and the desire to love. And also my desire for violence mm. has also gone away because I enjoy mixing it up as much as anybody. I love to fight. I just, oh, I love the adrenaline rush because it's like doing cocaine. 
It's it's the same feeling for yeah. me. And so I've been mm. addicted to that. So I could look for things to get pissed off about. But I realized in this week and a half, which is a weird thing, but in a week and a half only, my mind has even shifted with this is that I can still kick your ass, but I can be nice about it. Too. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be so aggressive. I can be aggressive without being aggressive. I can fight with just as much power, actually more power, and I don't need to be so aggressive to do that. I'm learning like weird things about myself that I didn't know, all because I changed food. Yes. It's crazy how that works. <laughs> I did um, that. Do you, do you eat the same way? Yeah, I did that in 2016. I eat fish. I still eat fish because I can't, I need so much protein and it's an inside joke with my friends. I need that's what that joke is. No, just the fact that I need <laughs> no, just the fact that I need so much literal protein <laughs> to get through my day that I don't want to eat that much tofu and beans and whatever. But <laughs> I'm a <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Been there, but not for twenty years. Fifteen ten <laughs> years ten ten years. Oh, so man. yes, the food thing, the food, the energy traveling from death of animal, the, however the animal is raised, the energy is trapped there and then you consume it and then you feel the rage, you feel the fear, you feel whatever it is. And it comes through in whether if you let yourself watch things, it comes through in how you let people affect you exactly. And I felt the same way. I, what you, I don't even need to repeat it. What you said, I experienced and I continue to experience to this day. So it's also changed... This is going to sound weird, and I don't know if it's a coincidence or no, it's a furry thing or not, but <laughs> it's also changed my sexual energy, meaning it's I'm in more control of it. It doesn't feel as aggressive, but I'm still me, and it, my sexuality is what it is, but how the primal, that primal part of me that needed to conquer dominate yep is gone away a little bit and i don't know if it's temporary or not because my hormones have gone through the roof but the aggressive nature and that i gotta give you that, that mm -hmm. part is is gone away and it's that's even felt more loving now if that makes sense 100 percent. am i growing boobs is that what it is am i gonna start mm -hmm. menstruating no oh, okay good you're the pro overarching problem with the world is that the male fe the male female energy is imbalanced and it just shows up this it just shows up in in all human existence and it's imbalanced in the music industry and it's imbalanced in the entertainment industry and it's imbalanced in dating rela in relationships the toxic male is the king right now and i think we're getting tired of it it's not a secret anymore but that d desire to dominate and that desire to dominate comes from a lack of self-value self-love self-worth you feel like you need to dominate we need to dominate as a country from all the way from up from dominating as a country dominating as an industry down to dominating my next door neighbor down to dominating my partner down to dominating my date whatever it is the ups the other thing is there are the upper the other side of that people that want to be dominated countries that want to be dominated like <laughs> that's there is the other side and i've learning this too that you need both for it to happen. Like you, there are people that let themselves and then we're getting into like law of attraction and people attract everything that comes to them, even if it's a bad thing. But the, what you're feeling is you have pushed off the aggressive, toxic masculinity. And that is what needs to happen in the world because you, there's nothing 
wrong with it. You're not going to grow boobs. You're not becoming a female just because you are more compassionate. And I'm talking to the everyone else. You get it, but it's, you're not, when men are so afraid of being any female trait, and this is, I'm going off a little bit now, okay. but it may, it makes, no, it's, ex, it's expanding. I'm not going off. It's expanding. So I am gay. I have been the one, not like, I'm not looking to be dominated, but I play that more of a role in that way. Mm -hmm. And I hate top bottom. Yeah, yeah, I, and I hate the labels, like, I, I hate the top-bottom labels in the gay community because people identify their entire lives based on it. I get it as a tool to have sex, I get that. But I hate how prevalent it is as an identity for your whole entire identity. But I have been learning that I have only had, I, okay, wait, I'm trying to ma match this up. Somehow I got onto the wave because I'm gay, so I like the male energy. Most of the world has been attracted to this, to the masculine, to the ultra masculine that has been building up and building up for the last hundred years. That's, it's not a, it goes up and down. In the Renaissance, a feminine man was powerful, right? That there was a balance. But in the Roman times, like a man was a man. Although that's not even true. I think yeah. overall the, mas the masculinity level goes up and down. And I think balance is a state, but we're imbalanced right now. In my own life, in the past couple of months, really, even, I've been looking at why I've been so obsessed with that ultra male, ultra masculine thing. And it's because of whatever it is. But it is toxic. It has not helped me. I've never had a positive relationship with an ultra masculine male. I also know that there's, it's because... And then the overarching problem with the world is that it's in, out of balance. So the more, but it only can start with individuals chain, balancing themselves. And it's not being gay or straight. It's not sexuality. It's just male, female energy. There's plenty of women, like we call women that are, that have lots of male energy, bitches or butch. That's no? the, there's the male and female energy have nothing to do with way gender. Male energy is the sword, right? The phallus, the sword, and female energy is the circle or the seed or whatever, like the yin and the yang. They each have a purpose. It's more like yin and yang. And we've just, we've picturized it. We've personified it into male is aggressive and dominant and women is soft and sensitive, which is true, but it's like the extremes of those. So male has no sensitivity. Female has no dominance, but that's wrong. They can both have the same, they bring different things. And I don't, I'm not in the prepared to explain the different thing because I don't know them enough, but I just, you're getting it. That it's not about, that the, my point is that there's plenty of women that are feminine, but are in male energy. There's plenty of men that are masculine, that are in femi female energy. I've heard a little bit about that, and I've, that's a, it's still a new thing for me. And the I, world is not ready to understand that. You I, are, you are. I know I'm ready to, because I... Here's the thing. I don't even believe that men were the real dominant powers in previous generations. Like Cleopatra. Yeah. And, and, like, and I look, I've read the book of Lilith, and some people could say that's a fairy tale. I mean, in theory, it all could be a fairy tale. But the book of Lilith, when you read it, it's, you know what? That makes a lot of sense to me. And some of these civilizations that were wiped off the planet. And I'm just looking at the asset that my own wife is in my life and the role that she plays. And yes. I'm going, how is she really not the head of the household? Like, how right. do you twist it into the man is? Because this ain't my house. This may be my basement. Like, I got the basement. 
But not, the house is hers. Like, it, and when it comes to the kids, I'm there. It, I'm there. I'm in full support. I'm very engaged. I, I love those children, and I'm there. But ultimately, she's the boss there, too. And I got no problem with it. And I understand my role. I play my role in the family, and I play my part, and I do my share, and we have an amazing relationship because of it. But it's not, now I'm the man, damn it. Yeah. You're do what I say. This is how I say it's done. This is my house. You're going to do it. Like, I grew up with that shit. And let me tell you, mm. it made me crazy. And I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that with my kids. Nope. No way. So I think you, what you're saying is, I do believe there's a lack of balance and it. This makes sense. And here's another thing, too. How is so weird for me? Because I like to shoot guns. I don't want to shoot anything, but I like to shoot guns because it it feels so awesome. But I don't want to kill anything. And so, but I when I see people who are like America, Bud Light and shotguns and girls with big tits and a Bible, like that's like the meme of America: mm. guns, the American flag, boobs, by four in a four by four. And I'm thinking, not everybody's into that. I'm not into that. I'll drive all that and have fun. And I like boobs a lot. But the fact that is a status symbol is it just really, to me, is a meme of contradiction. A contradiction. Mm -hmm. It's a really a disgusting display because for the people that aren't like that, it makes them feel they're not macho. They don't, they're not really a man. Yeah. People are confused because this yes. society has set. No, the people that can't fit into that and they don't, they feel that something's wrong with them because they don't. Well, I got a problem with that. And religion does the same thing. And again, I'm not trying to bash religion because I understand why you have faith in what you have faith in. I understand that. I get it. There's another level to it too, though. And that's called the freedom. And that's when you get to break out of that box. And that's great. And once you break out of that box, you realize how ridiculous it is yeah argue over some man's words that you never met and you like so god didn't write take a pen and start writing like it didn't none of that happened and like all of these other texts like they're it's man's opinion yes it's, it's their their inspiration the divine inspiration that's come to them and a lot of it makes sense but to take that as the authority over your life you're love setting that yourself up to be miserable love that miserable so I'm glad to be free from all that. And I don't even know how I even got on that rant, but oh, never mind. Oh, we were talking divine feminine. Divine, yeah. Yes. Okay. I want to ask you something. You're a gay man in an industry that used to hide gay men, and now they celebrate them. Everybody their toenails pink and you don't get they just and it as somebody that just got comfortable with openly saying I'm bisexual or sexually fluid or whatever and not hiding from it, because I've always talked about it but uncomfortably now I'm just mm. like, but I'm sitting here looking at the LGBT community in the movement going, I want nothing to do with any of that. That's as toxic. And yep. it's like, now you've got haters alert, hater alert, not you, but they're coming for us. <laughs> and yeah, you've got transgender people fighting with gays now. And it's, yeah. And all the while this is happening. They're desensitizing. The shock value of the horrific ass things that are happening. Yes. And then comes in the creepy people. And the creepy people are going to make life very hard for the people that just want to love who they want to love. 
and be left alone. What do you say about that? Like, how is that for you? Because you've been out of the closet for a while, and it's not like a secret that you're gay. But what is that like for you when you see all this, the media narrative, the music industry narrative, all this pushing this shit down people's throat? How does it make Mm. you feel? Yeah. So I think that the place that I start when I'm asked about this is that there's a difference between physiologically homosexual and culturally gay. Okay, wait a second. Is that culturally gay? Because you got, you're like being pushed. Like, I wonder if I like dick. No. You get on a and get drunk and, oh, not that? No. Drag, dance music, the way you talk, the things you talk about. That's what I mean by culturally gay. I like house music. Does that make me gay? No, but (laughs) everyone knows what I mean by what I'm saying. And it's a touchy subject, but I have, I don't care. I haven't cared for a long time. Go ahead, do whatever you want. Express however you want across the board, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. That's my belief. But two things, the, to fit into the gay community, you have to check all the boxes. Otherwise, you personally, I can't handle the gay community because I don't check all the boxes and I'm not going to fake it. One huge thing that I that pushed me out, I did. I was in, I was in the gay community. The, we're talking mostly like the club scene because that's what the gay community is driven on, period. The gay community is thrives on drugs, sex, and music. It just does. And, but that's because we were pushed into the closet 100 years ago. Oh, my God. I'm glad we're talking about this. Okay. This is good. That is why we are the the community is the way it is. So I'm there's a purpose for the community, but it needs to evolve. And we need we we glamorize the drug, sex and and clubbing. We glamorize it. So that's the culturally gay nails. Wow. Being and also being a woman. Like that when things started to go in that direction of you have to drag, you have to call everyone girl, you have to act like a girl you have to walk like a girl there's nothing wrong with that but the way that it spread and permeated and people that people that i thought were like heteronormative appealing and remember this is definitely triggering some people but hey we're allowed to our own opinions too right this is the problem that you can't sit there and be lgbtq community and tell me that i'm not gay or that i'm pissing you off because i'm passing most of the time (laughs) all right I'm have, that's one problem that the culturally gay is exclusionary for gay people. That's one problem that is exclusionary. The second problem is that excess of gayness is toxic, just like that excess of femininity and sex is toxic in the hip hop and pop world. So it's really just like gay is just now men are doing what the women were doing. That's really all it is in the industry. It's the men are doing the same toxic shit that women do. Now the, the mask, the masculine man will just use like fighting and drugs and misogyny as the thing, the toxic thing that they do in the community. The straight toxic man, the straight man, the straight woman does the twerking and the big butts and the boobs and the fuck me, fuck me. And the gay man does the straight, the big boobs, the fuck me, and the straight, there is no straight man in the gay world, which also sucks. It's like, I, there is no other side to that, but <laughs> that I can think of, because then you're just, then you're, what are you? Then you're like, oh, I'm a sensitive male. Then you're like, then you're a Shawn Mendes, like whatever. You're a Sheeran. Beta cuck is what it's called. What? Beta cuck. 
I don't know that, babe, but yes, you are assumed <laughs> sensitive. I guess that's the word. I ha cuck is like a, it's not beta. A, beta yes. Beta cuck. So there's, yeah. So that's the other problem that I have that while it is allowing men and LGBTQ men and women to be free, it doesn't heal the industry. Just because you're allowed to do a bad thing doesn't mean we should be doing a bad thing. <laughs> that's okay. That you, you've nailed it. And I share this all the time. So our, this is my book, the devil inside me. And mm -hmm. it's, <clears throat> I read the blurb. Okay. <laughs> well, you get an idea. I read a little bit about you. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I talk about in that sharing about this book that I had no choice, but to go in the shadows because that was the only place I could find out what was real. I, and then with truth and really to know if something's real for you or not, you've got to speak it and you got to talk about it. You got to walk in that life for a little bit to go, is this real or not? Because when your mind's telling you like something and your body doesn't, that mm. could be, well, there's a, this is from trauma. It's from abuse. It could be, it could have been that. And so to explore, because I grew up in Oklahoma, going Ooh. to church all the time, and there's no outlet except for chat rooms and secret hookups and then yep. houses and porn theaters. We're and, talking their late nineties, right? For you. Yeah. So um, it was, yeah, it then, was literally chat rooms, not apps. Yeah, now it's, but then it, but of course graduated. To same thing. Yeah. Chat. Same it, thing. It, but it really just evolved is all it did. Yeah. The and shadows it, are the shadows still. The shadows. And then my double life had a double life and like I got further deeper down in the shadows. That was the safest place to explore. But when you're in the shadows, you don't know that anyone's ever going to see any of the things that you're doing there. So then you go, you know what? I'm going to shoot some fat. You know what? Yep. I'm going to do an extra eight ball. You know what? I'm going to have sex with 20 people tonight. You just don't think of anything. And then you develop a habit. Everyone else is doing it too. That's part of it. That's you're because you're immersed in that world that you yes. think, oh, this is normal meth and have sex with random people. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yes. And that becomes a whole other level of addiction. This it can become the very like this warm, a deceptive warm blanket that's full yes. of heroin needles and poison and yes. awful. But at the same time, I think we have to have compassion for those people, me, like, I don't need compassion. I'm not looking at that, but I'm saying if we could have honest conversations around sexuality, people wouldn't have to sneak around. Oh my God. To do the shit that they're doing. And besides that, it wouldn't be half as bad as it what turns out to be if people felt comfortable. Hey, how, here's a, how about this conversation? But I was molested by men and women. I don't know what's going on with me, but I find myself to be very attractive to both man and woman and you know what i don't know how to deal with this in a healthy way can somebody help me hey pastor can you help me without trying to convert me and shame me and make me feel like i'm going to hell so we can have an honest conversation because when the very first words are the bible says i don't give a shit about the bible after i just got a penis rammed up my ass and another one shoved in my mouth when i'm seven years old and i'm told that if i say a freaking word about it that something bad's gonna happen to me. Like that, I'm sorry, I don't need to hear about your Bible, the first word out of your mouth. What I wanna hear is compassion, and I wanna feel safe to tell the fucking truth about what happened to me. But unfortunately, the society has made it, now it's different now, 
but society has made it very unsafe to talk about anything that's true. And now we've all the people in the shadows and then they cheat and then they give HIV to their partner or they hurt people or to protect the lie, they hurt people and they become abusers too. It's a fucking awful existence for people to live when they can't themselves because they fear what is going to come down on them. That is the problem with religion. It's Mm -hmm. the problem with the way that we do things. And so now you've got people. This is exactly what the design, I believe, was. Because we have a whole generation of people who do not know who the heck they are. And it's really sad that America, the world, Mm. has an identity crisis. That's the problem. Mm. Because we don't feel safe to share the truth. Wow. Sorry, I get very passionate about this subject. Okay. That resonates with me, the not knowing who you are. Not specifically Awful. the sexuality, but yeah, all it doesn't matter. It's You're right. We don't know who we are. Yeah, and sex is just one thing. What? Yeah, I get sex is so powerful. It is a thing, and how it can bring somebody together in a way that makes you inseparable, that sounds lovely, unless if it's a toxic piece of shit that you're attached to. But sex, ah! like sex still has that power. Of How course. You stay in abusive relationships because you're getting it good. Uh-huh. Like people do it all the time. So that's screwed up in itself. But at the same time, sex is not everything. And now we've got a whole generation of people that think their sexuality is everything. Is their life? No. And then, uh, your pecker's going to quit working. And then what are you? Yep. It'll be really miserable. Anyway. I am, exp- I am learning that right now. I'm learning that I only got love through sex. And it was always with the p- abusive person. Until this last year, I was in an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you just um, broke free. Huh? You broke free. Yeah. I've been in... I've been handled by narcissists on my entire life until this last year because I started going to therapy and because I've known so segueing into what happens when you don't get these things right you become you become me so my quick story is that at least from the from that I was in a, what was I saying I don't want to start where I forgot where I wanted to start, but either way, I had a very, I'm learning cold mother, narcissistic mother. Sorry, mom. I don't care anymore. She stopped talking to me in April because I got arrested defending myself and her property from my abusive person. She hasn't spoken to me since then. Basically, she doesn't know the whole story, but it's irrelevant because I'm looking back now that I would have been going to therapy and it's been that way my whole life. She withheld love if I didn't please her. So I had that my whole life. I ended up in this cult with was the what I call the world's smallest cult because it was one woman. It still is what I'm still is with only a few people like in the on the ground, but many people online. Same exact thing. Just that was like serious culty where I was stripped, completely stripped of myself. And at the same time my ex-boyfriend was in the picture and I knew there was a problem, but I was pushing through that red flag and just, I like the sex. Honestly, that's really what it was. I like getting fucked up and I like having the sex and he's always there. So we're going to do this because I have nothing else. So all of that combined, <laughs> now learning that I 
never really had felt real love and it was only through sex and adding on that I only got it by being that submissive mass ultra masculine chasing that's the only way I really was happy and I'm dealing with that to this day because it's brand new literally today I'm trying to get over that but I was heavily addicted to cocaine he was feeding me the cocaine he was starting to do meth like it was getting to that point it was getting to that point and I'm like, thankfully I got out. I guess my whole, my point is that I knew all along. A lot of people don't know all along that there's bigger, better out there. All right. A lot of, my therapist is surprised that I'm not addicted to heroin at my age because of my history. Yeah. I'm surprised too. But I also knew from a young age how everything worked. I knew what I was doing. I knew, I knew, and that should, most people don't. Most people don't know and they do it and they die right or they suffer immensely and they don't know why i knew all of this i just couldn't get out now i'm on the beginning i've stepped out i'm still so close to it but i've stepped out so i'm starting to see now just life again and starting to figure out who i am for the first time and it's not music it's not my sexuality it's not my partner it's not my parents it's and it's i don't even know like i'm starting to figure out that me inherently is enough and I preach it all the time, but I had never really, I had never felt it. I don't know. My therapist said, yeah, this week I'm getting healthy love from a boyfriend right now. And I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> That's what she said. She said, cause I'm still freaking out about the sex and I, what well, I'm working on that. I am working on that. And he knows it even if he, so if he listens, but she's every time you only got love by through the challenge and excitement of sex. And now you're getting love without that and you don't know what to do. <laughs> and I think that I need to do these things to get to validate that love. And I still can't even wrap my head around it quite the way, but that's so true. And wrapping it to the main point is that we have a generation living like this. This my way was one way of getting there. Fortunately, I stopped the momentum before I died or hurt someone else. <laughs> Cause that's the other, that's the other side of narcissistic relationships, abu malignant narcissistic relationships, serious narcissistic relationships. We're not talking like one person's obsessed with themselves. We're talking about medical clinical narcissism always ends up in, in judicial or what judicial or one person dies and the other goes to jail. It's that it doesn't ever end the other way, any other way. So I found myself getting really close to hurting this person. He would constantly hurt me, but I would get, I would be the one to get caught. <laughs> right. Just like I did in April when I got arrested, I got arrested. I was the one that got arrested, of course, but he's really the criminal. He's the perpetrator, but that's how narcissists operate. And that's another side of it. Like not knowing who I am, not having enough self-worth is how people fall into these relationships where then they just can't get out. And then they live their entire lives that way. And that's been going on for a long time. But now there's a generation of just that generation of, I don't know who I am. And these are all the symptoms that can come from that. Yeah. Every bit of that resonates with me and all of my past relationships. Of course, I was the narcissist and I was the tyrant for sure. Okay. I, and it's, I think about one of the things that I regret, and I'm somebody that really doesn't live with regret because I found a way, all the bad things I've done in my life, I've found a way to try to, a way to use for good. And, but at the same time, I re fully recognize that some of the things that I've done will never be forgiven. What I do, and I can't apologize any more than I have or any of that other stuff. But looking back at all the bad things that I did, 
the worst was learn to lie because when you learn to lie, and especially when you're trying to protect secrets and other things, and hide it in addiction, hide cheating, hide on and on, people go to great lengths to protect their lies. In fact, some people go to kill people to protect their lies. There's a lot of people will go to extremes. Unfortunately, I didn't kill anybody, but I did some horrific things to protect lies. And one of them was gaslighting the shit out of everyone I was with, like a narcissist does. To the point that what happens is we, by lying, the narcissist robs people, especially women, of their intuition, which a woman's intuition is her one of her greatest gifts. Yes. And when you're breaking that down, or when I was breaking that down, I'll just own it. When I was doing that, I was mm. robbing her of her God-given gifts that make her great. One, Obviously, there's a lot of things that make women great. But like intuition is a supernatural spiritual gift that women have. And I robbed that from some people because then it makes them doubt themselves. And when a woman doubts herself, she's not confident. When a woman's not confident, guess what happens? She gets other narcissists to come in her life and F her up more. But it happens with men too. And uh, I hate that. That's the part that I want to correct and make right more than anything. And that's why I'm so obsessed with the truth now, because here's the thing. Here's what I wish I would have known. For all you men and women that are in the closet out there, you're living a double life, you're cheating on your partners. Trust me, there's nothing more self selfish and awful you can do. Because yeah. they will find out eventually. <laughs> and it's awful. But I will tell you this. Life is a lot easier when you tell the truth. And the only way to really get what you want in life is to be honest about it. And I, because I am living proof. I never believed in my wildest dreams that after being in jail six times, overdosing six times, being divorced three times, losing my kids, being homeless, having HIV, any of that stuff, I never believed that I was going to ever live the life of my dreams. And I never believed that any woman that, because even though I'm sexually fluid, like I only really want to be with a woman. And I've been blessed to marry the perfect partner for me. And I've got the perfect two kids to go along with that partner. And guess what? All that came from being honest. And mm. I am more me today than I have ever been in my entire life, maybe even since the day I was born. But that all came from telling the truth. The truth. And if you are one of those people that you don't believe in monogamy and you don't believe that you feel like you need to be able to sleep with men and women or be in a relationship with both, and you think, well, that you, they'll never go for that. Yeah, they will. If you're honest and you're get, filling up someone, your partner's love tank, you're going to get a lot more than you ever dreamed of. Because love makes people do crazy things. It's just true. But being honest and at the same time, think about all the years it adds to your life because you're not trying to cover up your lies. Yeah. The physical stress doesn't. Oh, anyway, sorry for the public service announcement. That's the point. I <laughs> the whole thing is a pub the whole our whole lives are a public service announcement that's a good point so my man what's next for you what are you working on now you know yeah what are you working on right now i have a song called dark nights coming out february 15th it's about drugs you heard that's a preview of it Kenny? yeah oh i love this song the lyrics are amazing i wrote that song in 2013 when i was witnessing my first i was witnessing addiction firsthand for the first time I was in New York City. I was a, that was about two years deep, 
and I had a best friend named Chad as well, who was like 10 years older than me in the gay community, but we became <laughs> really good friends. He took me under his wing. He really, he was a really good friend and just a friend. And it was great. And it was, I needed that. But he. Oh, some gay people don't want to have sex with everyone they see. <laughs> that's a great point. No, that's <laughs> I know. no. <laughs> but that's great for people some listening. Some people don't know that. I know. That's why I'm glad you said it because some people, people don't. Holes, everyone. We're coming. <laughs> right, we're coming. No, no. We're gonna make everybody gay. You might like it. You might like it. <laughs> Okay, so, so he had told me that he had been an addict. He was an addict, is an addict, I guess. I don't have my whole opinions on the presence, the tense of addict. But he was clean. And then he wasn't. And I had never witnessed someone like, it was either barbiturates or benzos. I don't know if they're the same thing, but like a really slow one and you can't talk. Slurring words, climbing higher. The lyrics are slurring words, climbing higher. I literally used his his presence to write the song for him to help so i wrote it back then and then and i was 23 so i was like still convinced that i was gonna be fine i hadn't done anything any hard drugs by then except molly which whatever that's a hard drug but if i'm not if i if it's not fucking up my whole life i'm not an addict no yeah <laughs> i'm not a drug user as long as i can keep my life together okay I'm a highly functional meth addict yep high functioning so i wrote the song I produced the song, I performed it for a few years, and then it just, then I couldn't, then it faded away. I just had it. I always had it though. And then this last, through this last two years where I re was heavily reliant, I had a drug problem, right? I had a drug problem. I had an alcohol problem. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict, but I had a problem. And I want sidebar, like, I want to change the words on that because labeling someone an addict for their life doesn't help. You're not. Then you say I am an addict, I'm and that's the problem that I had with AA, because I went for six weeks because it was the only thing I needed. I could. They don't, it was the only thing I had because I was so cut off from the world at this point. I went to AA, and it helped me stabilize a little bit. And then I was like, "Oh, this is just another cult." Bye. But yeah, that's another topic. So either way, then I just then I went through my own addiction journey, and I was like, well, "Shit, I love that song because of the because it's so real lyrically and also sonically. I just loved it." So I decided to bring it back up. And the fact that now drugs are glamorized, right? That's another layer, not only my personal journey, but like the fact that drugs are glamorized and we have somebody die once a year, at least from drugs on the uh, people that are on the charts, at least one person dies a year. Rappers specifically where all this toxic music is coming from. Huh, guys, do you see a point here? It's, and I'm gonna say that it's not rap. The genre got hijacked by the mentality. Okay, being very careful with my words. It's not black people. It's not rappers. It's not the rap music. It's the mentality that hijacked a susceptible this lifestyle, whatever, this genre, this community. And this song is a stake. Is my very is my first like song releasing under the new brand Pop for Good. That's just that's like a song that has never been said this way on this sound. It's my very first like my sword is in the ground. And here I am. Come talk to me. Let's talk about it. It's not talk to me. It's let's talk about it. It's like we're talking about this whether you like it or not. <laughs> Period. Is what this says. And that's February 15th. I don't know if this is going to come out before then, but either way. No, I don't come. It, it will be out. We turn these around pretty quick. But I am I allowed to share it? On the 15th. Okay. <laughs>
Yeah. So now you have to come back. To oh. Like, offend more people. And I don't. <laughs> here's the thing. Not, neither one of us are wanting to offend anyone. It's just some things are freaking ridiculous. And it's. Yep. Everything's not right or wrong because some things both can be right. And it, it doesn't. It, there's some. There's more shade of gray than there is right and wrong. I right? want to touch touch on that. Yeah. For that, this is touching back on my toxic positivity state stage era where I was like flowers and bunnies and trees and hippies and sage and crystals. And that's all there is because why would anyone want anything bad in their lives? But the way that I've come to realize <laughs> the way that I've come to describe it now is that there is a place for everything. Yin and yang, right? Male and female, positive, negative. You can't have one without the other. Humans perceive bad things as bad. We created the word bad. But animals, a good way of putting this is like when animals die, they don't worry, right? They might flail and scream like while they're getting killed by a lion, but they're not afraid of death. They are not, they live in the moment like nobody's business. They don't know how to not live in the moment. Yes, they might be thinking about getting food or sleeping, but they are not thinking about what color their car is or what their nails look like. They are living in the moment. And that is the gray area. And that's where most of time is spent in life if, you're, if we do it right. So the darkness, which is darkness perceive it bad right and it is bad we you humans use, use we need words it's all we have is words my dad would say that we have says that he's still alive <laughs> but he's 85 or 6 so he's kicking all we have are words so darkness is the word i use we need a balance but right now it's out of balance darkness has taken over it's been we've been desensitized to the darkness because of many other reasons which is a whole other conversation all i want to do is bring balance back and then we can go from there because Maybe we do need more light for like a couple generations, <laughs> but balance is what it's about. It's not about eradicating darkness. It's not about eradicating rap music. It's not about eradicating twerking and trap. It's not about eradicating drugs. It's not about eradicating anything. It's about bringing balance back and that's it. I could not agree with you more. The knowledge of good and evil sure messed things up because now if somebody labels it evil, and you were grown, if you were brought up learning something was evil and being told that your whole life, it's going to be very hard for you to ever change that perception. And yes. the truth is, we don't, is it really? Who said it was bad? I, well, like I, there's, a, I, I, like there's a Christians, some Christians practice yoga and others say that it's evil. And like, <laughs> it means breathing and stretching. <laughs> stretching and breathing. Was <laughs> evil? And I'm like, okay, so you're doing it in front of a statue, but what about that Jesus painting at your church? That's not even really Jesus. That's a that's the Pope's son. At least the Jesus image that we have is the Pope, the former Pope's son. I can't even pronounce his name. I won't even try. But that guy loved prostitutes. He was bisexual, and he really loved drug-fueled sex orgies. And that's the image of Jesus we have and that you worship in your home. You want to talk about standing in front of an altar and posing and doing and breathing exercises. Okay. I get that, but just understand that it's hypocritical as F glass house. Crazy. What glass house. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of glass houses. It's just crazy, man. I just, I don't, I just want, I hope people get to a place where they start to see, okay, some of this is really silly. Some of this has a ton of value. It can change people's lives. 
but we don't need to trick people. We don't need to convert people. We don't need mm. to people. We don't need to judge people, and we don't need to throw Bibles at people to get them to change their life. Because if you're there showing up for people in a way of saying, I'm here for you. If you need anything, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. If you need a place to stay, you can come here. I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. I'll help bring you back. Oh, the teachings of Christ? <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, that sounds a lot like the Jesus that I follow. Like... Why I follow Jesus' teachings is for that right there. Yep. Because that is how we, what, that's what we're here for. That's not, none of that was throw scripture in people's face, make them feel guilty, beat the shit out of them, judge them, ridicule them. You're not bringing people back to heart center mm. in a place of love when you make them feel like shit. It's just never going to happen, ever. Standing outside of abortion clinics, I don't want to see babies die. I never want to see a baby die or be murdered because somebody was irresponsible. Yes, I understand people get raped. I get that. And that's why I have, I, my opinion doesn't matter. Me standing outside of an abortion clinic yeah. telling and, you that you're going to hell and you're a murderer. Yeah. And the amount, like, for people that do these things and just in general, I keep saying doo-doo. Nah. I swear I'm, I swear I'm mature. For people that... The amount of energy that it takes to be angry for that long at something futile gives you cancer, okay? I have a very controversial view on cancer, but I think a lot of people are starting to see, get it. Yeah. And we're weird. I didn't even mean to talk about cancer, and I'm not talking about cancer, but cancer is just stress manifest like a motherfucker. It's if you're spending that much energy, you're gonna get sick. Like it's going, it's literally, you're, it's like literally throwing what's this bounces off me and sticks to you is metaphysically real yeah metaphysically absolutely real yep it's you're right and you're right because one of my friends pamela gregory is her name she's known as the forgiveness queen she lives in los angeles she travels the country going to hospitals cancer facilities and helps people through the forgiveness process and I don't know the stats and figures. I don't remember them because it's been a few years since I heard it. But I'm not telling you that she's curing cancer, but I'm telling you a lot of people got to go home and I'm not talking to heaven either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Is there something to that? And there's some people that say that cancer shows up in your body to heal. And then we come in with the chemo. Pay attention to what is exactly. That is what it is. That is what it is. I just think, I just know enough about the history of the American Medical Association, the history of psychiatry. Are you in New York or LA? I'm outside of Philadelphia. Oh, you're in Philly. Okay. I lived in New York for 10 years. Okay. There is the Psychiatry Museum of Death in LA. And oh my gosh, that is eye opening. It, it's a Ooh, I wanted to psychiatry. see that. It ties into slavery, it ties into the Holocaust. It's, and then when you read the mission statement of the origins of the very beginning of psychiatry, you, when you read their mission statement and you look at what's happening in the world to now, it's, my God, have they been trying to kill us? Like even before we were alive is going on. What's it, the mission statement? What's the mission statement? It's, I don't remember, I don't remember the whole thing, but essentially but the, the gist. using medicine to take the soul is the gist. In a bad way. In a bad way. 
in uh, the people, the powers that be eating up our energy. As in calcium. Oh, you, Jesus. Cal, if you read the study. The pineal gland. The antidepressants. There's actual real studies out of Israel about this. Oh, I just zoomed out. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> it looks great. All this thing like this. Anyway, stupid AI. I'm sorry. Being not so it's, you should call it AS, artificial stupid, because it's not intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> or the operator is not very smart. Um, it's not That's the... too much. But it's, they, there's studies that actually talk about the calcification of the pineal gland with these antidepressants. With the, there's more medications that do the same thing. You think about the fluoridization of our water. Yeah. And the aluminums in our toothpaste. All of that stuff calcifies the pineal gland so why would they want to do that does it rob our, intu our intuition <laughs> yeah. does it does our ability to discern between good and evil is that affected yeah there's a lot of reasons why they do this and it, it did, i probably started before hitler but nonetheless we have been getting experimented on in a lot of different ways and it's all coming to a head now and that's why what I love about what you're doing and why I believe it matters so much is because the world's not ending. The world as we know it is gone yes. and it's, we're going into a new world, but we creators, us artists, us talented people, mm. we are, have the responsibility, which is a great responsibility. If you ask me, burden, <laughs> we, it's, it doesn't know, have to be. I'm just saying some of it is a burden. It's but, not yeah, all. But it was a starving artist is a burden because that is for the love of art, your sacrifice. Yeah. But that said, those days, there's going to be no more starving artists because the starving art there could be if you're a junkie. But, but the artists have this opportunity to rebuild the new world yes. and to do things and make it right and make it fair for other people in our art, our creation gets to be a part of that and we all get to do this together so mm. people like yourself that are fighting sinister side of an industry that is the ultimate power industry of all industries the entertainment world media music all the same thing really it's the most powerful medium on the planet and it's people like yourself they're going to help reshape that and so i'm honored to know you i've had so much fun having this conversation you are mm, welcome back anytime. In fact, I would love it if you would come back and play the song that I've already heard because I want to play it now. But like, you're welcome back anytime. You have our full support. I'm a huge fan of you. And I just really am grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. But before I we go, I'm grateful too. Am I closing out yet? Tell me when I say my closing statement. No, it's not. A, I was just going to give you the opportunity. I want you to plug anything and everything you want. I'm going to give you, you can take all the time you want to plug what you want to plug and share whatever final message you have. Pop for good is the message right now. Con be conscious of what you're listening to. Check in with yourself. See if what you're listening to makes you feel the way you want to. If you want to feel sad and down and validate that, do it. But if you have the radio on and a song comes on that you don't resonate with, change it. Just because everyone else is listening to it, if you are realizing that there's something weird, no, and no one else around you doesn't, you're the one that's right. Like you're, you, it doesn't matter. You go with your gut. 
So that's when, like when people ask me, what's the most the best advice you would give like someone? It's listen to your gut because mm. it's all it's always right. Unless if you're it's, drunk. Unless you're drunk, listen to your sober gut. Yeah. <laughs> listen to your into and yeah that's what I, so pop for good is a consciousness it's raising it's holding the industry accountable but so it's but also it's like every, the world is individuals the entities don't exist Co corporations the definition of corporation is like a group of people so you're one person and you need to keep yourself healthy so listen pop for good is like calling it out I'm losing my thought a little bit, but that's the final takeaway of my music. That this year is like launching Pop for Good. People are catching on to it. The very small amount right now that are listening to me are catching on. And if you feel any urge and you feel like there's a problem with the music industry, don't double down on it. Well, double down on it, but be twice as loud about it. Because it's not, I'm a spark through my toxic positivity phase where I was like the savior. I've learned that I'm just, there are plenty of other people like me, like yourself, 100% like yourself. My role is just to spark it. And I also want to enjoy my life. So I don't want to have to work this hard forever, <laughs> but I'm working every day. Every moment of my life is spent doing this and it's going, that's my whole purpose for being here is to raise awareness and be one of those contributors that I love the way you said that artists are going to be build this new world. They're going to, we're going to change the world as we know it. And I'm one of the, I'm one of the few, but not the only messengers. That's right. Well, I had a reading with a friend tarot reading last year that went, it was more than tarot it was Oracle just in general, a reading. Cause I had been so scathed from my cult experience with everything energy. So I was like staying away from it all. But what came through was a ton of swords, which is where my brand came from. The protector brand is what it, it's like. Really? I'm assuming the protector of the industry of the sanctity of music, protecting the sanctity of music. That's what pop for good is. And a bunch of swords came through. And then one of the last cards was Gabriel with his trumpets. <laughs> Huh. And I have a lyric that's, I've always, it's been ego driven most of my life. Five or six years ago, I dropped the ego and it's still the same thing. It's a message. It's a message straight from the heavens down. I was sent. I'm a messenger. Many galaxies crossed. And that's what we're here. There's a bunch of us that are just starting to get our voice. And you heard it here first. I have that voice too. <laughs> yep. Voices of truth, voices that are not here to hurt people, that yes. truly have best interest of other people without judgment, without fear, and without dictating what people should and should not do with their lives. Because it's really none of our damn business, except for to be there for people and to be an example of love. And Amen. I support your mission. I love what you're up to. And I look forward to definitely doing this again. Me too. This is a great space. Thanks, brother. Thank you for being here.